and I know how popular it is. Millions of people practice this. There is no such thing as intermittent fasting. There is only intermittent dieting. And it gets to the most important issue. Dieting is when you choose an eating regime, with the primary benefit being your health, yourself. Fasting is when we do it for God. That's why we're doing it. Do you know the Bible has changed? Do you know the Bible pre-1960 and post-1960 is different? Okay, well, let's look at it. Try the Dewey Rames. I know a lot of Catholics read the Dewey Rames. It's pre-1960. Well, try the NIV or another modernist Catholic version. You'll see change, but it's not only the Catholic Bible. You can actually look at the King James Version as well and compare it to the NIV. It's changed in one specific area that is the most effective thing to do when confronting evil. Our Lord told us it, but they're changing his words. That's unreal. With us to discuss it is someone who talks about this issue all the time, the issue of fasting. He's also LifeSite's partner on St. Joseph's Partners. You're going to want to stay tuned for this one. Drew Mason, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, John Henry. Praise be Jesus. Amen. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, when you first told me this about the Bible being changed, I had to actually look it up because, well, I read the Dewey Rames, and I looked it up. And there it is in front of my face. And it is so strange. It's so strange to me because you'd think especially the evangelicals would have freaked out to notice that there's a change from the King James Version to the NIV, which is now the most popular one. So, okay, you tell us. I'm going to let you do the big reveal because you were. this was so stunning to me. Where is it changed and why? Beginning with the why you asked, I would call to mind all believers the quote that we have in the New Testament telling us, don't ever wonder why something happens, whether it's a financial or political issue, health, whatever it is. The scriptures tell us it happens because of the spiritual war we are in. We are so priceless that Jesus died for us. And because that Satan hates us with a passion, with an intensity that is difficult for us to imagine. And so there's this constant battle going on around us that we're really oblivious to. And that is what is shaping everything. So imagine Jesus teaching one of his most important revelations in his whole ministry. He tells, he tells his believers, when you are confronted with evil, here is your playbook on how to defeat evil. You need to know this or you will never defeat evil. You will lose every time by prayer alone when evil is at its strongest. And where we see this teaching for centuries in the Dewey Reams and for centuries in the King James is in two places. The first is in Mark chapter nine. 
And where we what we see happening there is the apostles have been on fire. They're just doing incredible miracles. And then it seems they come back together. And then these 12 men that Christ handpicked and hand-trained confront one evil person. And when they do, the evil person is actually able to take down the 12 apostles. So they have to run and get Christ to come and save the day. And he does, of course. And then it tells us explicitly, when they had him alone, they said, Lord, why did this happen? Why couldn't we have victory here like we have in every other case? And then Jesus gives us this incredible teaching. He says, because this, when evil is strongest, can only be won with prayer and fasting. For centuries, that was a clear understanding. Similar, exact translation of the King James. The parallel is in Matthew chapter 17. And in there, you'll see in verse 21, he says the same thing. Now, what has happened post-Vatican II, a very interesting development took place. Those references on how to defeat evil, what we must do and understand in order to defeat evil, were removed. So the teaching was taken from us on what we need to do. And think of what's happened to the church, to our countries since then. And so now, most modern Catholic Bibles, and like you referenced, the NIV, the ESV, say this can only be won by prayer. What's nonsensical? The apostles had prayed and they had lost. The teaching was about fasting. And it's even more bizarre in Matthew, because there you'll see verse 21 has entirely been omitted in many of these Bibles. So sequentially, the chapter goes verse 18, 19, 20, 22. Wait, what happened to verse 21? They took it out. And then you compare it in the King James and the Dewey Reams, and you see that was what was removed, this knowledge of how to defeat evil. I want everybody watching, please stop for a second. Get out your Bible, especially if you have a do if a, if you have an NIV, um, and you can do the comparison later. But just take out your NIV for a quick second. Let me just read to you. I'm going to read it first from Mark, Mark, verse 29. Uh, so I'll start at 29. Uh, excuse me, sorry, Mark from the Dewey Rams. It's, it's actually 28, but it's in everything else. It's 29. So and this is Jesus replying. Just as Drew said there, the, the conversation is about inability to cast out this demon, and Jesus does, and they ask him privately what. And the punchline is 28 in the Dury Rames and 29 and everything else. So you check 29 what it says. Remember Mark 9, 29, and in, in the Dury Rames 28. And he said to them, this kind can go out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now you notice how the and fasting is missing from the NIV? and any of the other modern translations, look it up in the King James. It's the same, prayer and fasting. Okay, now let's turn to Matthew. So in Matthew, you see again, here you have Matthew 17. What verse is it again, Drew? 21. Okay, so the whole verse is actually missing. <laughs> that's, that's just brilliant. So let's look at it in the Dewey Rames in Matthew. You're talking 1720, but in everything else, it's 21. Look at the numbers, just as Drew said. You see, it goes 17, 18, 19, 20, 22. It's missing. Here it is in the Dura Rames. Again, same words. But this kind is not cast out, but by prayer and fasting. It's so bizarre that in the other versions, it's, it's there in the King James Version too, by the way, but not in these modern versions. That's actually just skipped the verse altogether. This is unreal. My mind was blown. Um, okay, 
So, Drew, back to you. Why in the world have they done this? Because this doesn't make sense. How did they get away with this? Was there any explanation or was it just, oh, well, let's just skip it? Well, how did they get away with it is a great question, John Henry. It was, I would equate it to a Navy SEAL type operation to be able to sneak into the church and undercover to do this and just decimate the church is an extraordinary event, one of evil's greatest victories in the last century plus. Now, I don't know. Anyway, I'd welcome anyone who did. We don't know who it was in the Catholic Church who championed this, but in the Protestant Church, there were two gentlemen, West Cotton Hoyt, who championed this to change the King James. It turned out they were later associated with the occult, and I suspect that's exactly what happened in the, in the Catholic Church as well. People who were in, in disguise, they were, they were the wolves in sheep's clothing who took this defense away from us. Now, to your point, John Henry, there is, of course, a justification. Evil always has a justification for what it does. And here, what the, the justification is, is that they discovered two manuscripts that they believed were the oldest found about the New Testament, the Vaticanus and Seattle, I believe is the, two, is the exact pronunciation of it. And those two manuscripts did not talk about fasting. So the argument was raised, since these are the oldest, they must be the most accurate, so we're just going to omit fasting. But the reality is there are thousands of manuscripts of the Old Testament that talk about fasting. And those are dog-eared, meaning, think about it, it's parchment. People were using them. They were referring to them. They were teaching by them. These two documents that were cited are in pristine condition. Why? Because even in the first century, they saw how many contradictions there were in those manuscripts, and they shelved them and didn't use them because they didn't think they were reliable. So that recognition by first century Christians is very significant, as is manifested again by how worn they are. Let me just remind everybody that what we're talking about is Jesus giving to the apostles the secret weapon. They've gone out, they've done miracles, they've done all sorts of things, they've been casting out evil spirits, la-di-da, everything's going fine. All of a sudden, they find one evil spirit who is really tough and they can't do anything. And they all try and nothing happens. They go to Jesus, Jesus casts them out, and they're like, hello, what was that? And then he gives them the secret to it all, and that's what gets removed. That's why, for me, this is earth-shattering. But please continue. A couple of things to triangulate on here that people may also want to know. Um, there's a book called the Didache that was written by first-century Christians. It's acknowledged it was first-century Christians. And in it, it explicitly talks about fasting. And it goes beyond the power of it to our obligation as believers. And it says... Believers are obligated to fast on Wednesdays and Fridays, every Wednesday and Friday. And I think that sequence is very important because when people first hear about the power of fasting, then a couple questions come up. How often should I fast and how should I fast? And we think you can triangulate on that sequence, uh, that cadence of twice a week in scriptures. We see Jesus talking in the, about the parable of the Pharisee who went to the temple, and his heart was so hard, his prayer was not heard. However, as Jesus tells us, do as the Pharisees know, not as they behave, but they know the law. And the Pharisee says, Lord, I tithe, and I fast twice a week. We know why he tithed, because that was the, the minimum he was obligated to do. There was no generosity in his heart. He says, I fast twice a week. Why? Because he was obligated to fast 
twice a week. And we can, again, triangulate on that. We see in the New Testament, John the Baptist's apostles coming to Jesus. And they say to him, Lord, we fast like the Pharisees fast. Why don't your apostles fast? How do the Pharisees fast? As Jesus showed us, twice a week. So those are nuggets from first century Christians that we think are so uh, powerful to remember, John Henry. Just a quick note before we return. If you would like to stay up to date on LifeSite's coverage of the latest life, family, and culture news, subscribe to one of our many newsletters by going to lifesitenews.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to help us bring our truth-telling coverage to millions around the world, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation at give.lifesitenews.com. And now, back to the video. May I ask why Wednesdays? Because we know about Fridays. Friday's the day our Lord suffered. And in remembrance of his passion, we can unite ourselves with him that way. Very, that makes total sense, at least from a you know Catholic Christian perspective. Why Wednesdays? That was the day Jesus was betrayed. Wow. So what does fasting do for us? Because you know what? There's some hardships to fasting. We see a lot of people doing it for weightlifting and for bodybuilding and for their physique and so on. And you talk about uh, intermittent fasting that might be helpful for your health and all that's great. But fasting is tough. And uh, how are we supposed to do it? Sometimes, you know, I've tried fasting and lose, you know, my ability to think clearly. And it's like, oh boy, I have to eat something. I'm feeling so sick. I can hardly continue with this. I got to do something else. I don't know what to do. And then usually give up and just eat anyway and just whatever. How does fasting work properly done? I'm so glad you brought up both of those points because we are attacking lies that Satan depends on to keep us from realizing the power of fasting. First, I would submit to anyone that there, and I know how popular it is, millions of people practice this. There is no such thing as intermittent fasting. There is only intermittent dieting. And it gets to the most important issue. Dieting is when you choose an eating uh, regime, with the primary benefit being your health, yourself. Fasting is when we do it for God. That's why we're doing it. So recognize that. Now, where do we go with that? Well, the way the first century Christians fasted was on bread and water. And we would submit to you that, and to all the viewers out there, Satan wants you to think, like you said, in order for a fast to have any merit, Satan wants, Satan lies to you and says, you have to be, like you said, unable to think, unable to function. Oh, why am I going to try it? I have a family of support. I can't do it. Whereas with God, it's just the opposite. He says, the bar is so low to get over, to qualify as a fast for me. All you have to do is make a small sacrifice. But the key is do it with joy. Do it with your heart. Remember, the most important fast, arguably, of all time was you can have all the steak you want, all the fish, all the vegetables you want, all the salad. The only thing you, you can't have, the bar was so low, was this little pocket full of sugar on the apple tree. And because they couldn't do that little fast, we're here today. Similarly, the way the first century Christians practiced, the bar isn't that high. Have all the bread you want. Now, I would encourage people who try this, make sure you have 100% whole grain bread. Then you have bread that was like what it, like bread was intended to be. It's so good for you with the protein and the B vitamins. You can have as much as you want. 
have all the water you want. So you're thinking to yourself, that's pretty easy. Let me go even further and say, Jesus dipped his bread in oil. If you want to dip some oil, use some oil or some butter. Again, this is not very hard. The key is that we are making a little sacrifice. When you do this Wednesdays and Fridays for years, you're going to see there are going to be times when you're sitting with people who are eating. You think, I'd rather be having that steak. I'd rather be having that pizza. But you're not. So it's that tiny sacrifice. And I would say the key when you start is just to say that prayer. Lord, your sacrifice for me was so immense. To die on the cross for me was crazy love. This sacrifice is so tiny, but I gladly do it, Lord, with joy for you. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Renew us. And that is so pleasing to God when we pray that way as we start our fast with a joyful heart. Drew, this is so funny talking to you about this because LifeSite has a partnership with St. Joseph's Partners, which you founded and you run. And it's a gold company. But this is one of the ways we knew that this was an incredible partnership because, well, it was miraculous how we got there in the first place because we were looking for somebody and then you called us, which was totally providential. But this thing with fasting, which we caught from your website first, is uh, is really quite something. And you've explained it in such a beautiful way. I want to do two final things. First of all, tell us a little bit about your day job. What do you do? The greatest lies of our time, I think we would agree on, whether it's the shots or the COVID or whatever it is, I would say there is an equivalent sized lie in finance today that tells families you don't need gold. In this world where we're suffocating under global debts, we may not realize it now, but we are, this is the time when you absolutely need some wealth in gold to protect your family and to give you an opportunity to take advantage of the wonderful events that are gonna lie ahead. So we help families take physical ownership of gold and silver. The Bible counsels us to buy it so that we'll grow wealthy. God identifies it as his in scripture specifically. He says the silver and the gold are mine. And when you look at financial history, having some gold has given families an extraordinary opportunity to make wonderful investments moving forward, especially in times of debt. And the track record is probably unique. For thousands of years, it has protected its value and the value of those who own it. So we are not preaching Armageddon at all. We're saying history has 500 case studies of currencies that have become overly indebted. The fact that every one of those currencies shows value transitioning to gold I may not be the brightest bulb on the shelf, but I like those odds. I can't find odds like that in anything else in finance. And so we say, instead of having 0%, like financial advisors are telling clients, you want some gold. And so that is what we do, John Henry. Anybody's interested in that, you can go to the link at the bottom of this video and click on it. That is the link to St. Joseph's Partnership site with LifeSite News. But I want to do one last thing. Drew, I'm fasting today, thanks to your inspiration and and... Here we are fasting on a Friday anyway. But can we employ our Lord's promise to, uh, because we are praying and fasting, can we employ our Lord's promise and pray for our viewers for perhaps for healing for those who might be afflicted in some way or another? You know, so many young people are troubled. Parents are concerned about them or they may be troubled themselves. There's so many people who are in need, who you know there's something wrong. Don't just assume it's a coincidental chance 
Again, scripture tells us these attacks are from Satan to destroy us. So fasting gives us the power to have a fresh start, a new start. No child, no person is beyond being helped and saved. So we're going to stand on God's word, his promise. Let's pray right now. Another thing Satan has done is he has really lowered our expectations for what can happen from prayer. If you are in need of help, expect great things. God is looking for people who will step up and show their faith. So let's pray and let's ask for miracles for whoever is on your heart right now. Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you how great you are, how brilliant you are, how awesome you are. And Lord, we thank you for your love for us, Lord, that you sent Jesus to die for us is beyond reason. We thank you for being able to come together across time zones, across continents here. And Father, we are lifting up to you as we stand in your throne room, those who are under Satan's thumb, those individuals, those families who are under bondage. Father, you gave us the tools to defeat evil. We should not be scared of evil. We must respect it, but you have given us the tools for victory. And so, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, our Savior, as we fast today, we cast out evil from any of the lives or families of those who hear this message. In the name of Jesus, we command those spirits to leave those individuals, those families, and go to the foot of the cross where you will die and bother no one else. In the name of Jesus, we call down his precious blood and heal these individuals, these families. And in that void that is created, as those demons flee, Father, we call down the Holy Spirit in all of its supernatural abundance to bring your wisdom, your health, your joy, all of your good gifts. Father, we believe that this has happened. We stand on your word, knowing that great good has been released through our prayer and our fasting today. As we pray this in the sweet name of Jesus, amen and amen. Amen. Drew, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, John Henry. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this video. And to see more like this, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. So check out our links in the description to read more, sign up for our newsletter, and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all of the latest life, family, and culture news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.